With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavy metal, the way it was meant to be.
All right, welcome back to another edition of the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We started things off there today with a little suicidal tendencies and war inside my head. I remember the band I saw deep back in the 80s, they did a really good cover song of that. Actually, it was actually the first time I heard the song, was their version of it, uh, before I even realized it was a suicidal song. So the band's still active and going at it today. All right, you know what? It's another Sunday night, the first of April, it's April Fool's Day, I won't be playing any jokes on you today. I know early on in the day, I went up to the middle archive site, and there was like an FBI takedown notice on there. I thought the shite got sucked out, I was like heartbroken, because I get a lot of information from that site. You get to look up a lot of info on, on the old bands and everything, especially in the demolition segment, so I'm glad that it was just a joke. All right, but we got a really good show for you tonight. Brian Holland from Reverence is our guest, as well as Steve Michaels from Death Mask. We had Stephen Bainey on a couple of years ago. Uh, I think the whole band was supposed to call it tonight, but I think Steve said he's the only one around, so we'll talk to Steve a little later on. And we got Brian calling in about a half hour, so we're going to get a lot of music between now and then. I'm flying solo tonight. My buddy Tommy is at the Brooklyn Guitar Show today. Uh, he's in the Lang Amp booth. So he's a representative for Lang Amplifiers. You know, he's an amazing guitar player, Tommy, so uh, I think the show is just about ending now, what it did a little while ago. So I hope somebody got out there to go see him in Brooklyn and say hi. And uh, Kenny Pierce, our correspondent, was there today also. He was covering uh, uh, the show. So Kenny will give us his, our update in about an hour, but he was also there. And I'm sure on the Piercing Metal website there'll be a lot of info. And we got a call in the chat room tonight from callsmetal.com. We'll get calls pick of the week on a little later in the show. But right now, how about we do some destruction? A little death trap. <laughs>
right, that was Anger Resort. Steve Gaines is on the show a while back, and Steve's going to be coming back on soon. They got a brand new record coming out that was Invaders from Within. Let me see what we got going on here right now. I got in the chat. I've been trying to get on a song volume, but I just, I'm just i having trouble uploading it. So we're going to have to work on that sometime next week. But Ski's Band is going to be playing at Dingbats. Uh, if you're in the chat, you've already saw the message. It's going to be Saturday, April 14th. It's Thunderstruck, his band Metal Gods, and November Rain. Some great tribute bands right there. Ski's an amazing vocalist. Dead on Rob Halford. Don't forget to be out there that night. And since I can't get a... Well, it seems like I just can't get that song uploaded for some reason today. How about we do a little Judas Priest, show you what you, you'll be in for if you head up to think about it on the 14th of uh, April. Some good stuff there. How about I give you a... Uh, how about the uh, Troubleshooter?
Don't meddle with evil. And Ski, hold on. I'm uploading some fake facts because I can't get the other song upload. I don't know if this one's going to upload, but we'll give it a shot. And we're going to call Brian in a few minutes. But before we do, we got a call in the chat room from callsmetal.com, the source of old New Jersey heavy metal. So how about we get on Call's Pick because uh, it's a nice short one. I can squeeze it in right before we do the interview. This week, Call Pick Nuclear Assault with the song Long Assholes. And Call sent me a little note like always. Tonight's seeing as this is April Fool's Day, is a bit of a musical joke. New Jersey's own nuclear assault is no stranger to injecting some humor on novels now and then with songs like Fuck, the Nine Second Long Art, and Mr. Softy theme. In nineteen ninety one guitarist John Connolly decided they called John Connolly's theory. Oh, I'm sorry, it's John Connolly's theory assault. 
and put out an album called Back to Basics, which included a little-known classic called LHA, Long Hair Asshole, which talks about all the evils people with short hair have done in the world, <laughs> yet they call our kind long-haired asshole. So I apologize, Carl, for a second. I saw Nuclear Assault. That's what I thought it was, but it's uh, the John Connolly Theory Band. Here you go, LHA. Well, me and my buddy Joe were hanging out in the bar lot the other night, and we got into a little argument with some people with short hair. They called us a bunch of long-haired assholes, and I thought that was kind of unfair. Sure was. Well, people with short hair, bitch, do they cause the SNL disaster? John Connolly Theory with the long head asshole. Let me get one more tune on. I'm going to get Brian's number, reach out to him, and we'll get that interview going. How about I give you a little uh, axe victim? Shoot from the stars. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour.
All right, so Max Victim, Shoot from the Stars. Let me give uh, Brian a call right now and get this interview going. There's a lot of problems today with the switchboard. The chat's not working. I have to have a separate window open. It's hard going back and forth, so I apologize if it takes a few minutes for me to get to you. Plus, I'm by myself. I have nobody here to help me out today. Everybody decided to go to the guitar show. Uh, so let me give Brian a call and uh, see what we got going on here. Brian. Hey, Brian, this is Mike. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. You're on the air live. Oh, fantastic. Wow. No uh, no buffer there, huh? <laughs> no, nothing at all. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm all by myself here today. My co-host is uh, at a guitar show. And I usually have him do all this for me, so I'm trying to do three things at once, and being a guy, I'm lucky I can do one thing at a time. So Yeah, well, I got you. <laughs> I'd rather be at a guitar show, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, right? It's better yeah. than sitting here. <laughs> hey Brian, it's great to talk to you today, man. And uh, I tell you, the stuff I've heard so far from Reverence, it's top notch. I think you guys are gonna have a tremendous album when it comes out. And I like the way over the last few months you kind of been like teasing people, you know, uh, building up to the title release, the album cover. So it's building up a lot of excitement for the fans. Uh, is that your intent? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, we've definitely taken a, a line of thinking here. We actually kind of mapped out a timeline as to, you know, when building up to the release, what certain things we may, you know, say or do as as we approach that release. Um, but, you know, I just see lots of bands that just kind of just slap out. You know, like the, you know, Unisonic did a little bit of that. They kind of tease a little bit with like, like a little EP and a song and a video. But I know like Jack Blades just, just put out an album or is close to doing it. And he just slapped out the, the album cover, boom, on one day and the track list on the same day and the title on the same day and stuff, you know. I, I don't know. I kind of want to tease some folks and kind of build some interest. And especially with this being a maybe a more of an upstart kind of band, we need that versus somebody that's already firmly established. So it definitely was planned to a point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great because it keeps people, you know, like, you know, like after, you know, it's like a climax of a TV show. You wait for after the commercial to get to what happened. It's the same thing. People are going to keep, you know, tuning in to see what you guys right. are up to until they get the product. And, and when they get it, from what I heard, I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed. I mean, you threw together a phenomenal band, and you have some top-notch players with you. I mean, Todd, like you said, amazing vocalist. I mean, you got you got Dr. Killdrums playing with you. And then you got yeah. some old friends that you've been in bands with on top of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's come together kind of slowly, but better than I ever imagined, really, from where I started uh, and how this whole thing came about. But <clears throat> kind of turning back to, you know, the whole the – whole, uh, promo aspect is, you know, I appreciate greatly that everybody loves the material and, and the words that you said are very kind and, and it's very appreciated. You know, when you're so close to the music, you don't really, you don't really totally know if you've got really good material or not. I mean, you get an inkling, you know, that the song Too Late, we, we figured that was actually a pretty, pretty decent song. Um, and there's a few others that we had a good feeling about, but overall, you just don't know, you know, you're so close to it, but we had a good feeling about the whole thing and, and the package, especially when we got the artwork for the, for the album and you'll bear from sledgehammer who had done uh, primal fears cover and uh, Sabaton's cover and some other bands really felt good about that. So I, I mean, I just couldn't just slap that thing out there. You know, I really had to build that up because it was so great. It is. It's like a piece of artwork when you look at it, you know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, it and, is. And, and I mean, the guy yeah. really, he captured exactly. We kind of gave him a little bit of a, an idea of what we were shooting for. 
man, and he just surpassed everything we were shooting for. It just it, the guy did a phenomenal job, and you know I don't want to piss off any Primal fans because I'm a Primal fan myself, but I think it, it kills Primal fans. <laughs> 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 but the guy did a phenomenal job. It's just I can't I can't thank him enough, and want to you know obviously throw his name out there. So you'll bear from Sledgehammer Graphics, man, top notch guy. Go check him out. There you go. Yeah, you know what? You gotta, you got, you know, it's something you put your blood and sweat into. So you have to enjoy it, and you should, you know, you should brag about it when something comes out really well and, and you enjoy. It. That's, you know, if you can't fall back on what you worked for, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're making a lot of money on this stuff. You know, we're doing it because we love it, and we obviously there's tons of time. All these bands, including ourselves, we we spend countless hours writing the song and tweaking the material and recording it and then pushing it and promoting it and then going out and play alive. So. There's a lot of work to all this stuff, especially nowadays with very little label help and assistance. It's it's basically a back to underground, do it yourself kind of mentality. Yeah, it so really there's, is. There's, there's so much you know behind it. There's a lot of work. So when you finally get something you're really proud of, you know you you want to, and especially with that cover, I just gotta I gotta spread the thanks out. That's all. Hey, I don't blame you. And, you know, it's true, like you were saying, that there's very little record label support today. I mean, the whole industry is like mm-hmm. in an uproar. And you, but you have Raised Vice Records. Did you start the label, to, you know, for yourself to help your own music, or was the label something you did before Revis even came about? Um, I had the label. Um, geez, I probably had the label probably eight to ten years now. Oh wow! And um, you know, we put out different bands, some smaller bands, and. Even uh, did some reissues and stuff with a, a great New Mexico band called Seven Sign, which uh, Greg Anea is um, probably most known from that. Greg, uh, Greg is the singer from that band, and he's worked with Tribes Gypsies, and I think he's working with George Lynch now. But what a phenomenal kind of singer. He's very much like Todd, uh, the singer Reverence, as far as the style and technique. But we put out, you know, there's, there's bands that we've worked with with those guys, and then a Swedish band that was very similar to uh, TNT called Masquerade. Yeah. Uh, we put out the, several albums with those guys. I mean, I worked with TNT and Sabotage and Crimson Glory over the years, uh, kind of behind the scenes. So, I've, you know, I've I've been involved in the music aspect for a long time, and and uh, only once I got in with working with Tokyo Blade stuff did I kind of step out front. Yeah, and, and a lot of those bands you mentioned on the label actually have members that are playing with you now, like from Crimson Glory and Sabotage, and uh, you got members of Overlord in the band and some Tokyo Blade guys with you. So it's kind of like a family in a way because you've kind of played with some of these guys on and off uh, throughout the years. It is, you know. I mean, I with with Todd, um, after I got out of Tokyo Blade, um, I found Todd on the Internet, and he doesn't live just a couple of hours from me. So, I mean, that was it was perfect. And the guy is what a super guy, first of all. I just can't – he's my partner in crime, and we have such a great writing relationship and a friendship. But he's a, got a four-octave range in his vocals, and the guy is just stupid good. He's sick. Yeah. He makes me sick sometimes. And then, um, you know, I got Frankie from Tokyo Blade with me on bass and uh, kind of an unknown guitar player who's just out of sight is uh, Pete Rossi out of Pittsburgh. And he's in a band called Sanction and so on. So, I mean, uh, he's he's a real upcomer, but, man, what a killer guitar player. And I got him through Doc, and I've known Doc for, Jesus, uh, over 15 years. Wow. And, um, you know, I actually talked to Doc about when we were reforming Tokyo Blade about being a part of that, and, and as soon as I sent him some of the material down and stuff, he's like, ah, it's not heavy enough. You know, Sabotage was a bit heavier than Tokyo Blade stuff. So yeah. when I, once I, I got out of Blade, then I uh, wanted to go back. To, you know, I always wanted to play with Doc, and we'd always talked about playing, and I jammed with him before many times. And uh, so 
so when we came, I came back to him with some of the demos, they were a lot heavier than the Tokyo Blade stuff. And actually, I'm more inspired by the Sabotage sound anyways. I mean, Chris Oliva is one of my favorite guitar players. Amazing, yeah. And just a killer guitar player. So, I mean, some of the riffs and reverence are, uh, you know, very, very Sabotage-ish. And so when I when I docked down the material, I knew it was a lot heavier and more his type of, of, of music. And he signed on immediately, man. It's uh, so it's been a, it's been a building process though, because everybody kind of lives far away. Doc is uh, he's down in North Carolina, and like I said, Pete's from uh, Pittsburgh, and I'm over near Kalamazoo, and Todd's in Saginaw, and Frank's in Detroit. So we're kind of spread out. So it's, it's you know to get together and do rehearsals and stuff is kind of tougher, and then do the do the album was tougher. So it just took a little while, but we're there. We're getting there. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, you know, today with the internet, it's a little easier, like, you know, for bands that don't have members, like, right near each other, because you can kind of send things back and forth and, and get at least that much of it accomplished. But there's probably nothing like being in the same room together, bouncing ideas off, you know, on one another and, and, you know, putting the music together. And that probably does make it easy. But, you know, you guys always manage to find a way. That's just the way, you know, life works. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we didn't write any of this. I, I'll, you know, everybody, I mean, I... A lot of bands nowadays are writing that very way. They're doing it through the internet. And that's we never sat in a room once and wrote anything. So you know, I came up with the music and riffs and sent it over to Todd, and Todd did his thing. We maybe changed around some arrangements, and then once we got a real solid foundation of the song, and Pete came into the picture, then we sent it to him, and he put his two cents in, and he just kind of spreading the thing around, you know, through the internet and uh, these free servers. And it just makes life a lot easier. You know? It's true. Yeah, that's that's the, that's one of the pleasures of the internet. It's like a double-edged sword. In the same yeah. way, somewhere yeah. down the road, people are going to get that music without paying for it. And that's the part that kind of you know sucks about it. But you know, you, you can't right. you know you got to balance it out. But what I want to make sure, as a guitar player, I'm sure you put like tons of songs together for the album. Then you go through you know picking and choosing. I guess the strongest cuts are the ones that. You know, you want on there. Is there ever like a song or a riff that you've come up with that, you know, you just love it, but you just can't build nothing around it and you kind of got to let it lie? Yeah. In fact, there's been, there were several things that I came up from, from back when being a Tokyo Blade because we were starting to work on material with that. And um, I was actually working with Chris, um, the singer Chris Gillen back then. And I kind of saved some of those for trying to work on this project, but they never came back. You know, I just kind of let them stay and sit because they just never seemed to develop. And now that this album is done, it's actually in the mix stages right now as we speak. The, uh, Sid, our, our guy out in New Mexico, is mixing it right this very minute. I'm actually writing for the next record because, like I said earlier, you know, we there's so much work going into this that people don't realize how much you beat your head against the wall and how, how around these songs you are and listen to them hundreds and hundreds of times. And as much as they're, you know, they're really new to everybody else, they're old hat to me. Sure. So I'm actually working on the next album right now. You know, when you were called uh, early before you called, I'm already sitting here recording. Wow. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually was working on a couple of the riffs that I actually had before this album with, with Tokyo Blade, like you said. So, because uh, they're just too good to let go. You know, there's some really good stuff, and, and it just, you know, if it doesn't develop with, with this time, then it doesn't develop this time. But hopefully it will at some point. Oh, that's that's great to know. And speaking about Tokyo Blade, I remember you joined the band, I think, around 2006, 2007. You were playing with them for a while. Andy was in the band. I guess Andy left the band. You wanted to keep it going. And I remember it was like this whole big rigmarole back then because, you know, I guess there was like the American version they were saying of Tokyo Blade. And I guess Andy got it back together with some of the, the original guys in the group and then lawsuits were flying around. Whatever happened with all that? 
Well, you know, I don't want to sling any mud. Uh, you know, I know he, he, I think he'd had an interview with you, and I think he threw a little bit my way, but I'll take the high road. But uh, just a, a real quick summary of what happened. I mean, there was a tour. Um, there was a tour set, and, I mean, uh, we'd fronted the money to get over there. I mean, we had eight grand worth of investments into the tickets and hotels, and, you know, we had contracts signed. And, and uh, you know, I didn't even get a call. I called over and uh, just to make sure everything was on, you know, just good because that's what I did before every tour and I get his girlfriend and girlfriend starts giving me all kinds of stories and I never did talk to him so I mean I didn't know if there was some kind of lover's spat and she's giving me a story and she's trying to wreck the whole thing and he's still showing up in, in Belgium or what so I mean we actually went to go meet him at the airport in Belgium just in case but he just never showed you know he died bailed out yeah. on us so I mean I, I don't know what he thinks we're going to do we have a ton of money invested we've got contracts signed, signed and we've got you know we're not going to let the fans down um, you know, the, the, the promoters down that have already booked in, in hotels and, and have promoted the shows um, just because one guy wants to bail, you know. Yeah. I don't think that's very professional. So, I mean, that's what we did. We ended up doing that. Uh, he wasn't very happy with it, which I guess I can understand to a point, but, uh, you know, he, he took off on us. So I can't say much more than that. That's exactly what happened, and if he wants to remain mad at me, he can. But there was too much on the line. And I, I understand why some people may say, well, that's not really Tokyo Blade and stuff. But, you know, we did we did the, the live album, DVD and stuff. We were in the band for, for several years and had it all going again. So, I mean, I'm in, in the band as much as anybody else. True. Very true. I, did I say anything bad about you doing that interview? I'm sorry? Did I say anything bad about you doing that interview? No, no, I don't think you did. I think, no, I I think I you might have uh, might have thrown a little mud at me. But, you know, I, I don't care, man. I mean, give me a break. We're, we're not making, you know, millions of dollars off of this where this is some big issue. You know, we're out there trying to have a good time and, and going out and doing metal and, and, and taking it to the fans and stuff. And, you know, if a guy wants to bail out and, and whatever, for whatever reason, uh, and it was not a legitimate reason because we did our homework and uh, the stories that were given were not were not truthful. Yeah. So uh, And it wasn't the first time the guy bailed on a tour. So I guess it's par for the course. But we're we're moving on to reverence, and and you know we got that whole thing, and, and honestly, um, this whole thing wouldn't be happening if that hadn't happened. So, That's you know, true. I truly I truly believe in stepping stones in life. You know, you have to sometimes go through um, a rough patch, and you you don't know what's next, and you don't know where it's going to lead, and you know you just got to take a path. And and at that point in time, things seem really you know dark and dismal and everything. What's oh my god? What am I going to do? But you know, a new day dawns, and and here we are. So we're we're someplace else, and hopefully, I think we're in a lot better place. Yeah, that, that's all that matters, you know. You would think like a lot yeah. of this stuff would be nonsense and like not even be bothered with, because like I said, you're just all trying to get out there and play, get your music out there. And like I said, something yeah. good came out of something bad. We got reverence out of that, and that's the most important thing. And I can tell you some stories later on about the girlfriend. <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah. That happened to me after the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got like, yeah, it'd be great. I won't say it on the air because I might get sued. I might need your lawyer, but I'll just. <laughs> well, you, you know, I'll just tell you. I'll tell you one little little tidbit. You, I'm sure you, everybody out there has probably seen the movie Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, with the girlfriend Janine and all that good stuff. Well, I yeah. did it, so. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. It's like you said, we got this new record coming out. My yeah. doctor's called. That's all that matters. And you know, like you were saying, the guys are far apart and everything, but you do get together when you can to rehearse. Uh, do you, I know. I heard you got a European tour coming up. Or are you getting ready to set one up? Is that going to happen this summer, this fall? It's coming out. We're we're going over this fall. We've already got shows confirmed, and um, we've got shows booked already in in Holland and Belgium and Switzerland. 
And uh, I mean, we we don't have the full tour confirmed or nothing, but it's it's set for November. Uh, there's already tons of interest, thanks to uh, so many folks that are digging us so far and 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 spreading the word. And you know, we're really trying hard to promote ourselves, and we really appreciate all the hard work. We need it more, of course. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, this being underground and, and you know, without a lot of support, we need everybody's support that that really loves this kind of music because if we don't support it including myself, you know, I, I love the new Primal Fear and stuff. If I don't go out and support it, that stuff's going to go away because these guys can't, can't make a living at it, and, you know, you can't go out there and starve. Yeah. So and we really appreciate everybody's input, and, and, man, I mean, we've got so many friends and cool people on Facebook, and, I mean, it just gets amazing how much of a, of a support system we actually already have, and it's just growing all the time. I mean, on Twitter, we've got you know, 50 to 100 people joining every single day, which I guess to some bands it's little, but for us it's a, a nice um, amount of folks. And sure. we never had that kind of support with Tokyo Blade, you know. It's, it's, even though that, that band was known, we just didn't have that support, and we should have had tried to promote it as such as we're doing with records. But just, I don't know what it was. We just don't have the, the same interest then as we do now. So it's all good, though. It is, and I think it's because you know you're out there. I mean, you're out there pushing and promoting all the time. I mean, so if people are eventually going to hear and come around and say, you know, what's this guy talking about? Let's go check it out. And that's right. the only way to draw people in. And I guess with the internet today, I mean, it's like I said before, a double-edged sword because there's such a gluttony of bands, so it's kind of hard to find, you know, a certain kind. But it does allow you to reach a bigger audience a lot quicker than the old days where. You want to know where people, like, you go on the internet, you can find out where your fans are coming from, the countries, the languages they speak from, a free application, where years ago, you know, you wouldn't know where your fan base was. Do you find that there's more people that are interested in the band from here in America or overseas? Um, well, I mean, only ever being over here and based over here, it's hard for me to, to have that, I guess, that kind of call, but... Uh, I can definitely see there's a huge amount of interest. And it's not just, um, you know, people that are, are our age. There's there's kids upcoming that, that are really grasping onto this underground metal movement. And it's slowly building. It's not rearing its head and coming back strong. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely uh, out there and supportive. And that's, you know, a lot of people are giving us kind of a little bit of guff about not trying to do any, any U.S. shows, which we'd love to. Obviously, economically, it'd be a lot easier to play here. But the, the market isn't here. But we still have a lot of folks that dig us here, but it just isn't enough. Where, you know, Europe is far stronger. Um, I'm sure they're weaker than they used to be in the 80s, but it's, it's whatever's going on over there, they seem to grasp onto something, and they, and they love it. They love it for a long time, and they don't let it go. It's true. So, you know, and that's a great thing. So that's, uh, that's really the only reason we're heading to Europe versus here or anywhere else, because that just happens to be the market. And I think that's, it's a product, you know, we're trying to sell ourselves as a band and, and you have to go where the people want it, you know, and as far as getting out there and, and hanging with people, I mean, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just lucky enough to be able to do this and play and people dig it. And so, I mean, if people want to come up and, and I've been, like that, it shows with Blade, you know, if people want to hang out, or people want to come talk to me on Facebook, man, that's cool. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm nobody really special. So, you know, it's, it's that fan interaction helps a lot, though, because people dig that. Definitely. I, I agree. And the one thing I noticed about the band, I mean, you know, I've, I've been playing the songs that you sent me, and it's got such a big sound yeah. to it. And you're a big band. You got you know, you're a six-piece band. Well, it's it's truly only a five-piece band. We're, we've got a photo uh, up that's got uh, – Tony Rossi, which is Pete's brother, and he helped us out with some drums. So, you know, we didn't want to dismiss Tony out of the, you know, the oh, limelight. Okay. 
so Tony Tony joined us with some some uh, some photos and stuff, but in the end, this is really only a five piece band. All right, so that was good that you gave the guy a little credit for helping out and playing there. You put him in there. Yeah, I mean, I wanted, I, you know, I mean, I, I know, you know, all kinds of bands that have, uh, you know, different members play different things. I mean, there was even some sabotage stuff where I think John Oliva played some drums, and you know, they, you know, they didn't push the part, the fact that that John played on this song and not and Doc didn't this song and so on, you know. But we didn't want to bring a guy in and 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 kind of push him to the side, you know. This is it's all for fun. It's all a good time, and, and I don't want to have anybody coming out of this with a bad feeling. So I mean, if it, if it makes the guy feel good, he's he, you know in the group and he's in some photos for helping us out, man. More power to it. That's some good stuff, you know. Hey Brian, I I want to set a time here with you because I got one more interview coming up. I want to get on some of the music, but I I really do appreciate you taking the time out today to talk to me. Uh, where's Absolutely. the best place for people to come across Revis on the internet? And any idea what the release date will be for the album or the month? Yeah, we're looking at in uh, in May, and since I don't have the uh, the, the total mixes back, um, I haven't, uh, you know, and, and they don't do it like they used to, where you give you know three to six months to release an album. So I mean, we could have the thing tomorrow and, and pick a release date pretty quickly. Um, but we're looking at probably the middle or end of May for the release. And as far as anybody to go in and checking us out, you want to go to Facebook uh, and look for a Reverence Metal. So you go to facebook.com forward slash reverence metal or reverencemetal.com or just reverence metal on Twitter. Um, that'd be the, probably the biggest places to go check out. I, you know, some people, they kind of drift over to my page and that's, that's fine because I kind of put myself out there, but I mean, feel welcome to go to Todd's page or whatever. They're all, everybody's linked up to, to the reverence main page. Excellent. That's great, Brian. I appreciate it. I'm going to get on the song Too Late that you sent me. I know it's not the final version. Uh, you're still mixing down the album. The song's still going to be mixed down. But, you know, it's a little sample for everybody here what's coming up on the new record. So I appreciate you sending that over to me. Just let people know it's not final. It's, you know, the mix isn't done yet on this. So enjoy it and just get a little taste that's coming up with reverence in the future. Yeah, you know, I want to just say one extra thing. I want to, I want to say thanks to everybody again. And, you know, everybody that was cool enough to check out the show today, I appreciate that. But the real treat is that this is actually a not complete final mix, but this is a pretty close mix to what the final will be on the album. So nobody's heard this yet. So if you were cool enough to come hang out with us and, and check out Mike's show here, you're going to get a little treat with this, uh, this clip that nobody's heard yet. All right, Brian. Right, that's cool probably more than a clip. So. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Brian, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate it, too. Have a good weekend. Take care. The best of luck with the band. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. How about we get some reference on right now? I'm having a lot of trouble with the switchboard, so I want to get it on before I lose it. And right after the song is over, uh, Ski in the chat room sent me uh, Tomorrow's Outlook, The Ethereal Dream. I'm going to go right into that. So sit back for a double shot of metal.
right, that was Tomorrow's Outlook with the Ethereal Dream featuring Michael Kiska on vocals and Michael Michelle while back. He was a really nice guy to talk to. I'm going to get us our fate factor for you right now while we got Ski in the chat room. Uh, but before we do, I have, let me see. You know what? I'll do our demolition segment demo right after that. Just to remind everybody, next Sunday, it's a brand new show, but it won't be live. The chat room's not open. It's Easter Sunday. And uh, I'm taking the day off, but I have so many interviews that I'm backlogged on with live guests that I had a couple of pre-recorded ones that I did yesterday and did before. So we're going to air that next uh, Sunday, Easter night. And if you're not here to listen to it live, you can always get the podcast and the download later on. But my guest next week will be Jeff Scott Soto from pretty much every single band in rock and roll. <laughs> Jeff has played with everybody from Rising Force to TSO to Journey. Uh, I can't even name all the bands. Panther, you name it. He's pretty much played with them. And Jack Blades from Night Ranger. So don't forget to tune in next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. If you're not around, check out the podcast. I also got a Judas Priest, the complete albums collection. Nice, beautiful box set over here. So maybe we'll give that away the week after that when we come back live. And we will be back live on the 15th of April with Eric Wagner, Jeff Ole Olsen, and Ron Holzner from Trouble. They got a band called The Skull going on right now. They're doing all Trouble songs. So we'll be talking live with all three of those guys the week after Thanksgiving on the 15th. So maybe I'll save the Judas Priest uh, for then when we come back live. Right now, let's get on some Faith Factor. We'll do our demolition segment. I have the uh, – Ken's got to call in with his weekly concert calendar update. And then we got Steve Michaels calling in from Death Mask right after that. So sit back and enjoy some Faith Factor. Be
All right, from Against the Dark and Sky, that's Faith Factor with Keep It True. And if you like that voice, you can hear a lot more of it on April 14th at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. It's the Triple Tribute Show. You have Skis Band Metal Gods playing, Metal Honor, and November Rain. I'm assuming that's a Guns N' Roses tribute. So head out to Dingbats. It's a great night. Cool club. You can hang out and have a drink and listen to some great music. Don't forget April 14th. If it's Saturday night, so you have no excuse not to be out. Most people are not working. And there's another show coming up I wanted to mention. Uh, let me see what the date was on that one. My good friends from Explorer and Sleepy Hollow, they got a show out in Long Island somewhere. I just can't remember the name of the place right now. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, what the heck was the name? Oh, the Dublin Pub. I'm sorry. May 11th at the Dublin Pub. 202 Jericho Turnpike, New Hyde Park. Don't forget to see Explorer, Sleepy Hollow, and Present Darkness. Uh, Jeff Rose from Live Say, that's his other band. Uh, Scotty the Body is in that group also. So don't forget to check them out. I believe there's a band called 11th Floor Plane. Martin is playing. So uh, you can't beat that. All those bands for a few bucks on a Friday night. And you get to see Sleepy Hollow and Explorer on the same build yet again. So head over that way. All right, you know what? we got to get to Ken in his weekly concert calendar update. He's probably pacing the floor right now because we're about 15 minutes later than usual with the segments. Let's welcome the ruler of the Metal Republic and find out what's happening in the New York City area for the next seven days. Ken, how are you, my buddy? Hey there, Mikey. How the hell are you? Great to be back with you guys on this fine April Fool's Day. And I hope nobody actually caught you unaware today and uh, and off guard and got you with any practical jokes because uh, I know you're pretty easy to fool over there at the Mayhem show once in a blue moon. I didn't have anything clever to to, to spring on you today, so uh I figured uh, let me just let me just go about my regular business. So hey again I am touching base with you guys tonight from the uh after party, so to speak, of the Brooklyn springtime guitar show. Not really an after party, I just uh secluded myself. The show ended a little while ago and I'm uh, hanging out with some friends just enjoying a quick beer and something to eat after looking at all these awesome devices and guitars. And I tell you, I had a great time meeting all the new people that were there and uh, and seeing the old faces that I know. And I'm a drummer, so when you're a drummer and you have fun at something like this, you know it's been a, a great event. So um, definitely uh, good for all of those who came out. So here's what we have going on for the week of April 1st to April 7th. Let me give you the lowdown. Tomorrow, Monday night, Andrew WK is over at Webster Hall, and he's going to be bringing his party medal to life for everybody in attendance, and that's definitely going to be one of those energetic and fun shows that no one forgets about for a long time. Later on that evening, Andrew is going to head over to Santo's Party House. Now, he's not performing, but he is going to DJ at 11 11 o'clock, and uh, this is his club. So uh, we've talked about this particular venue a few times on the program, and it's uh, it's a great space to see a show. Uh, Fits about 200 or so people in the main room. You could definitely uh, catch a good band there and enjoy yourself. Great sound system, great lights. But Andrew himself will be DJing, at 11 o'clock over at Santo's Party House after his show at Webster Hall. So uh, you want to check that out if you're uh, if you're uh, interested in what he does. I'm sure he's going to be playing a lot of cool music. Tuesday night down at the studio in Webster Hall is Adema. That is a, uh, a kind of a metalcore, I guess, kind of band. And they are going to be playing with Destruct, 
toy bruises and craving strange. So uh, make sure if you're a fan of uh, Edema that you're down at the studio. And remember, like always, all of these studio events start early and end early because the club becomes uh, something else later on in the evening. Wednesday, I am going to ask that I have a moment to do a shameless plug because my own piercing medal will achieve seven years of online time on Wednesday, April 4th. Yep, I did this uh, this little jobby of mine seven years ago uh, on this particular day, and I just want to thank everybody who's ever found it interesting, ever has visited the site, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. And there is more to come. I am not closing down yet, so... That is Wednesday. Thursday evening, down at B.B. King Blues Club, you have the Osric Tentacles. Now, this is a strange kind of psychedelic, funky, groovy, uh, jamish kind of prog band. It's, there's a little bit of everything with them. It's, uh, it's, it's very interesting, especially if you play guitar. There's some massive guitar going on in this band and definitely worth uh, checking out. It, it puts you into a, a very, very interesting head just watching it go down. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, they don't come around to the States all that much, so if you can get down to BB Kings to see the Osrics, please do. Friday night down at the High Line Ballroom is David Johansson, and you know him from the New York Dolls and also as being Buster Poindexter. He's going to be doing a set of music down at the High Line Ballroom on Friday evening. There's also the Enter Shikari Show, or Shikari. Yes, Enter Shikari. They are going to be over at Irving Plaza, and these guys are bringing along with them uh, the Skylines and Let Live. Okay, I'm not really aware of all of those bands, but uh, I know there is some popularity among all three of them, so you definitely want to get to the Irving Plaza nice and early if you want to see what they are all about. Over at the studio on Friday night... Uh, the studio, of course, being below Webster Hall. You have the Dub Trio, and this is kind of like a funk fusion prog kind of instrumental band, um, and they are just monster musicians, and it's just really, really cool to watch them do their thing. So you could check them out, and they are going to have Bangladeshi and Don't as the support acts. Once again, like I said just before, gigs at the studio begin and end early, so arrive in a timely fashion if you want to enjoy the whole performance. Saturday night, it's going to be a bloodbath in Brooklyn as Onslaught will land in Brooklyn and bring along Empire of Evil and the Indestructible Noise Command and more for a night of psychotic sounds over at the St. Vitus Club. Now, I believe we're hitting that one together, so it will be cool to raise a glass and the horns with you in unison for the sake of metal. And that, my friends, is all I have for you this week. I will be talking to you next week, so remember to follow Piercing Metal on Twitter and come down and like us on Facebook, especially since it's our seventh anniversary. We really want your support to keep this going in the proper fashion. And remember, I will remain your metal maestro, your man on the street with the beat that's metal and sweet. Cheers. All right, Ken. Thank you for that update, buddy. I do appreciate it. I will be with you next week uh, at the Onslaught Show with uh, Tommy. And congratulations on seven years of piercingmetal.com. It's a great website, and I'm sure all the people that listen to the show have been over there every now and then to check it out. 
And Kenny, by the way, is a phenomenal photographer on top of that. He's got some great pictures up there of the concerts that he attends, which are many, 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 many. All right, it's time for our demolition segment download. We're going to do that right now. And then uh, maybe I get one more song on before Steve calls, and we'll see if we have the time. This week, the band is called Wallop. They're out of Germany. Uh, the demo is up right now on the block spot. You can download yourself a copy of it by heading over there. Uh, I didn't realize that I, um, I was told today, Dave told me today that the drummer for the band, uh, Stefan Arnold, is actually in Gravedigger, which I didn't even realize. He joined the band in the 90s. Uh, this is one of his first bands, I'm assuming. And uh, Andreas Laws, he was telling me he was his good friend back when they were teenagers, so that's kind of funny. Uh, they had an album called Metallic Alps out. I think it came out around 85. And this demo came out the year before in 84. And I've never seen it anywhere on the net or being traded by a lot of people, you know, today. It's an old tape. still sounds pretty good. Uh, I'm going to get a song on for you that right now. And like I said, head to the block spot and download yourself a copy of it. What I'm going to dig up is uh, Reveal the Lies.
All right, that's something we don't do too often around here, play new music. Uh, it's a band called Memory of a Melody, and a song is called Pieces. Uh, usually we play, 99.9% of music plays 80s of bands that were in the 80s that are playing today. So uh, there you go, some new stuff. Enjoy. But I do believe I have Steve on the line right now. Steve, you there? Yeah, hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, Steve. What's going on, buddy? It's been a long time. Yeah, not much, not much. Uh, thanks for having me on. Sorry I couldn't get the rest of the guys on. A uh, little emergencies here, a little things there, but, you know, they send their best. Uh, that's okay. You know why? It's actually easy that way, because having four people at one time, it gets real confusing. So that's okay. Yeah, plus I won't let anybody else get in a word anyway, so I guess it's just as well. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. There you go. Well, it's good to have you back on here again. And the last time we were talking, uh, sitting in the dock, I don't even think you guys were really uh, doing anything with that yet. It's just maybe in the beginning processes, and now it's out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we did it. You know, we just we hadn't done Benny and I had not done anything for all those years, and you know what? We sat down. I I went and spent a little time with him. He's down in Florida. Yeah. And I'm up here in Jersey. I went down, spent a few days with him. We kind of laid down the basic ideas for about half of the songs. Uh, and then, you know, it was really a matter of, you know, Benny would send me stuff, you know, a guitar track. I'd go into the studio, put vocal tracks. At that point, we didn't even have a drummer and a bass player. I uh, went out and found them. You know, it took a little work, but we got a couple good guys. A couple guys, funny thing, that I found them completely separate of each other. Uh, and they didn't know each other, but they live a mile away from each other. Wow. And they had their whole lives. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so we ended up, you know, getting uh, nine new songs down, plus we did a Sabbath cover. Uh, we did yeah. System of the Universe. We actually only played together one time for about three hours on a Friday night. And then we went to the studio Saturday and Sunday and recorded the album. Wow. Yeah, that, that, it was crazy. That's amazing, man. I tell you. I mean, I heard they actually recorded this sort of old school, like send the cassettes back and forth to each other. That's pretty much it. You know, I mean, when when me and Betty first started, uh, you know, the writing process, you know, after I had you know left Florida, he didn't have anything to record to. And we were so low-fi that I literally had a little, you know, a box cassette player that I mailed to him. And I didn't even have good cassette tapes. I, I gave him, I go, here's a bunch of old cassette tapes. Tape over them. <laughs> so we, we did it like that. Then he finally broke down. He bought a little uh, a little dinky four-track recorder so he could give me halfway listenable guitar tracks. And then we're in the high-technology world of recording <laughs> in, in this century, and we were on our way. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I tell you, I, one thing, it's, the record is unbelievable. Sitting in the dark. I mean, you guys like just turned it up a notch times ten. I mean, you know, I thought Splitting Adam was amazing for its time when it came out. You know, some heavy stuff back then, but this album is just ferocious. It's interesting, you know. I always, you know, you know, we all, we all reflect, and I wonder where, you know, if we had continued on beyond Split the Atom and hadn't missed all those years, like when this album might have come around. You know, maybe this would have been our second album or our third album. Or maybe, who knows, uh, God willing, if we had had a career, maybe this would have been the album we did right now anyway. Don't know, but you know what? It just came very naturally. Um, didn't think about so much, well, you know, who are we or what do we want to sound like. Me and Benny have never been that way as a writing team. We just sit down in a very, in a very primitive way, <laughs> I guess, as you can tell. We just sit there, and he comes up with riffs, and you know, I come up with uh, lyrical ideas and, and melodies and then we just throw it to the basses and drummers, see what comes up. And, you know, the Split the Atom album, I would say, was a little, you know, a little faster and more energetic, whereas this one 
was a little heavier and a little, you know, maybe a little deeper, if that's a good word for it. You know that kind of uh, that kind of sums it up. You know exactly the way it is. And you know, you, you talk about going back to splitting the atom, and when that album came out, I, I, you were saying something the last time that like that was like getting signed to that. I think it was Kilowatt was the label back then. Getting signed yeah. to the record label was like the worst thing that could have happened to the band because it was sort of the beginning of the end. Because they like you know you were Savage Choir before you became Death Mask. And that's why I got in touch with you again because I found your old uh, some of your old tapes. So I was sending them to you. And, you know, you weren't happy about them telling you, hey, this is the new name and this is the way it's going to be. And Yeah, you know what it was? You know what? We're just like everybody else. We're young guys. We're doing our thing. We were, you know, getting, you know, like, you know, popular very quickly. And we just made a mistake. You know, that's really the bottom line. At the end of it all, I, I just blame our uh, anxiousness, you know, because we really took the first record label, the, the first deal that, you know, came down the pike. Uh, in fact, I had never, the only demo I had sent out was the one that ended up with Kilowatt, and, you know, two weeks later we're signed. And then, you know, then they're telling me, well, you know what, we don't like the name Savage Choir. So I'm busting my, I'm busting my brain trying to come up with a, with a new name uh, that used the initials SC because I had, uh, I had a logo with the SC insignia that I wanted to keep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm busting my, I'm busting and trying to come up with all these different names with SCs in it. Saint Chaos, uh, I can't even remember. Savage Christ was one of the ones. <laughs> all these crazy things. And then finally, um, I give them a list of names, and uh, they say, "Well, actually, we're kind of leaning towards Death Mask, like Death Mask. <laughs> I mean, Death Mask." Yeah. But they go, "Yeah, yeah, we have artworks, you know, uh, to go with it, and you know, we think it's a great, powerful name. You know what? We just wanted to get a record out. You know, we just wanted to, you know." be doing that and you know if i could go back i probably would have said well guys let's let's wait and see what else comes down the pipe but you know what can't cry over spilled milk look it was no big deal it only took me 25 years to put out a second album <laughs> so yeah that's not too bad so you think about around 65 70 we'll get the next album from you uh, yeah absolutely not but you know the good, the, the good part about it is is that you know after all these years like you know uh people are still talking to me about Split the Atom. I got an email from uh, a school teacher in uh, somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania today uh, talking about Split the Atom and giving me his little comparison between Split the Atom and, and the new album. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, 25 years later they're talking about it, hopefully 25 years from now they're still talking about Split the, uh, Sitting in the Dark. Exactly. You know what? As long as they're talking about you're good or bad, they know you're out there. And <laughs> you made an impact yeah. on people in some way. And, you know, and Mike, who could have known when we were all younger guys listening to heavy metal that it would have the lasting power that it has? That's true, man. It's, you know, out of all the genres of music that have come and gone, even though metal's had its ups and downs, and, you know, it's changed style a little bit, it's it's never really gone anywhere, you know? It, you can trace it back to the 50s with rock and roll. It's just keep, it kept evolving, but... It's, it's it's always been here, and we've always been into it. It's just amazing. Absolutely. I, I went last night, and I saw, um, uh, who did I see last night? Uh, Lynch Mob. I oh, okay. I went to see uh, Skid Row and Lynch Mob. I ended up missing Skid Row. Saw Lynch Mob and a couple of the you know bands in front of him. One of the bands in front of him was a band that goes back you know to the um, to our days, like back in the 80s, a band Explorer with the yep. double X in the name. Saw yep. them last night. They were great. Yeah, you know, so George Lynch, he's you know he's a guy in his forties, I would guess, right? I mean, forties, you know, maybe early fifties. Yeah. Still rock, still plays great. 
You know, I mean, I'm not going to turn down a Metallica ticket because those guys are in their 40s. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's funny, you know. It's like, you know, it, it seems like uh, metal and the ability to play it is kind of ageless, which I think is a good thing. It's true. It really is. You know, I was that, I was talking to Jack Blade from Night Ranger uh, the other yep. day, and he has a new record out. So I was talking about like everything he's done. It's like, you know, do you realize that you've recorded an album or been in a band for the last five decades? I mean, you had an album in the 70s, 80s, the 90s, 2000, whatever the hell we call the last decade and this one. Yeah. It, you don't realize how thin. It's amazing. When, when I'm sitting there just reflecting on what I've done, the amount of time that's passed by and the things that I can remember vividly. In fact, when I'm listening to um, to the uh, to the tape you had of the Lamore show, you know, that was actually, that was uh, early January of 85. In fact, that was, that might have been our second show ever, because our first show ever was November 30th of 84. You know, so that was as, you know, we we're as raw as we were ever going to be right then and there. But you know what? I'm listening to that thing. And I'm like, oh, here comes the part where I mess up that post. <laughs> you know, I, I remember. And there was a lot of instances of that, by the way, as I listened to the thing. But um, but it's cool, you know. It's like, you know, it, 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 you know, the whole battle thing makes very lasting memories. It, it really does. Yeah. I mean, I, I know the scene's not like it was back then. Nothing could ever be like it was, you know, in that time. But they were just amazing times, man. Like we said, today it's hard to get people to go to a club to see a show. And when they go, they go for either because a friend's band is playing or just for that one particular band, and they leave where. Back, you know, in the 80s, we went to Lamore. We went to hang out. It was like a place we got together and we hung out with each other. It didn't matter who was playing on the bill. And, you know, it was you just like every, a, You knew everybody. You knew yeah. everybody in the club. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, and you remember them from other shows. And you were happy to see each other. It was an awesome scene. You know, was, and I, I definitely, you know, I mean, we're all old enough, but I, I definitely miss it. And I agree with you that it's not the same now. I have a teenage daughter who's into, like, the, you know, into the new metal thing, and it's just not the same thing. You know, and I talk to her friends. A lot of them are in bands, and I say, yeah, but the problem with your band is that you're, you know, you don't have this, like, that, like that passion and that energy. Yeah. You know, they play fast and they play powerfully. But you know why all they're doing is copying what our fans did. You know, what, what our fans did when they, you know, they they dared the audience to like, you know, to like, you know, listen when we, you know, we turn this up a notch. You know, now that notch has been well turned up, and everyone just keeps on following that that same routine, and it sounds like it. You know, yeah. no, no, it'll it'll never. You know what? I'm sure all generations say the same thing, but even so, I you know, I could pretty confidently say it'll never be as exciting and as like like awesome. You know, as it was, you know, back in like the mid '80s. I know, you know, it's like, like you would go to say like Lamar because that was really like the premier club, like in in New York back in Brooklyn in the day. And like I said, it didn't matter who was playing, but they got up there and you listened to their music and you caught on to it and you enjoyed it. It didn't matter that they didn't have a record out, that you didn't know who the band was. Today, nobody will go to a club to see a band they never heard of and give them a shot like we did back then. And you know, that's how they came a fan of Savage Quiet and Death Mask. And we were talking about Steel Fortune, uh, uh, Dave's band from. uh, uh, yep. Skid Row. I mean, you just went there and you enjoyed. I mean, I actually went there just to look at Dizzy's ass, but I mean, that's a whole other yeah. story. But you know, now that was an ex-girlfriend of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miss Dizzy Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I only went there to look at her, so you know, nothing yeah, else there. yeah. Well, there was a lot of good reasons to go to Lamore. That was one of them. <laughs> yeah, that and the guy. You're, the you're right, though. You know what? Everyone rooted for each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we, we used to play shows with, you know, bands like Carnivore. They couldn't be any more different than each other. But, you know, we'd sit there in front and watch each other. And, you know, and it was, it was a really good sense of, like, you know, like a brotherhood. 
type thing going. You know, they talk about the old bridge thing. You know, that's a legit thing. But, you know, it wasn't just old bridge. It was everywhere. You know, like, you know, Lemoore's and the Staten Island Clubs and, you know, everything else. It was, they were all, you know, it was like we were all part of something. It was very cool. It, it really it was. a very was. cool time. Yeah. Well, well, Steve, with that mask, I know because Ben is over there. Where are the other two guys? Are in New Jersey? Are they in New York? Well, you know what? I mean, the original guys, uh, uh, Chris was, uh, Chris Mike was a bass player. He's, uh, he now fronts uh, Pure Sweet Hell. In fact, uh, Van Williams from uh, Nevermore is his drummer. They just released something. Um, so he's got his own thing. Uh, Lee, uh, uh, well, our first drummer, probably the, the drummer that was on that Lemoore's uh, tape was uh, Paul Monroe. Who uh, went on to be with X Y Z? You know, you know, he left us and went that route. You know, um, and now, uh, you know, my most recent contact with Paul was a couple months ago. He owns his own, uh, like a little independent uh, computer repair business. Makes a lot of money, doing well, but doesn't. You know, he's out of the whole music thing. Uh, Lee continues to play. You know, he's just one of these, like you know, always got a gig going. He's with um, All Points West. Uh, okay. More of like a commercial hard rock metal. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. yeah, I think they're playing sometime shortly out in, in um, I think over at BB King's, I think this month at some point. But anyway, you know, I mean, I went and got a new, like I said, I got a new bass player, new drummer. Um, you know, it's, it's a long distance relationship. It's very different. It's a, a very different way to, you know, to try to to do a band. You know, but. We're doing it, you know. We're just kind of we figure it out as we go along. I'm working on we're working on a new EP right now. Oh man, that's excellent, man. That that's pretty good. Anyway, yeah. you guys getting together for maybe for a show here and there, or is it even uh, possible? It, it, you know, I mean, I, I'd like to say yes, but I mean, there's nothing really in the plans. You know, if, if Benny was up here, I, I'm I'm quite sure that we would be a regular working band. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it makes not, it hard. You know, yeah, it's hard. You know, it's just and it's just life circumstances that make it that way. I'm up his ass constantly that, you know what, how much easier and how much, you know, more productive we would be if, you know, if he was, you know, within 100 miles of me even, you know, but um, it's just not in the cards for the moment. If that ever changes, I mean, if we have an opportunity with the four of us and we're very tight together for as much as we are together, but if we ever have the opportunity, I assuredly will um, we'll practice up and we'll be out playing. But that would I be don't great. know when that might happen. I'm hoping for it, though. Yeah, and you know the nerve, the, the nerve of Benny, the nerve of Benny being in Florida. It's always Benny. He's always a fly in the ointment with all the stuff we do. This guy, I'm telling but you, that's okay. Yeah, yeah it's funny. You know, without without Benny and and that, that good songwriting sense that he has, we don't have any of this. So, yeah. you know, right now I you got to take it. the whole process of like of making music, putting it out there, being able to. Know that you know, in some kind of limited way, I guess it does reach our audience, you know, and it does reach you know a general heavy metal audience. Yeah, you know, I'm not looking for any, you know, I'm not looking for it to pay my bills, but you know what, I do get some satisfaction out of, you know, that people still enjoy it. And again, I get to talk with guys like you and everything. I still feel like I'm part of it, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's important, you know. And I don't blame Ben. I'd rather be basking on the sun of Florida and the beach somewhere than being here freezing my ass. So it, right. it really wasn't a bad winter, so we can't complain. But I mean, you know, on the yeah. winter yeah. cold. Yeah, he's definitely made a home down there. So. Yeah, I don't blame. I'm going to be joining him down. I think pretty soon. It's time to get out of New York. <laughs> yeah. You, didn't, you weren't at that show last night, were you? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, I know the guys in Explorer. They're great. They just put a new record out too, and I'm sure they sound yeah. great. But 
it's hard for me to get out to a lot of these shows because I work nights at the real job that pays the bills, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't always make it out. But uh, were you I were to... you at were you at that Steel Fortune reunion show? I never even heard of it till you told me about it. When you said oh, it, okay. I looked up on the on the internet, I found some clips from it, but I, I didn't yeah. even hear about it. I think it was like a benefit show they did. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, I, I uh, they uh, in Sayreville, you know, where you know Dave is from, and and the originals, a couple of the guys, the original guys were from from Steel Fortune. Uh, some older gentleman uh, lost his home in a fire, and he uh, got kind of screwed uh, by insurance and. Essentially, the you know the point of the show was to was to raise money. I think they raised a fair amount of money. I mean, it's probably not enough to you know get him through all of his troubles, but you know you know something that was able to help. And yeah, yeah, Dave came down. He was hung, he hung out. He was very cool. You know, it was a cool thing. They had a few couple. They had a couple practices to get ready. You know, they had you know some of them had it strapped on their instruments and forever. But yeah, they I pulled it off. They had a lot of energy. It was cool. Did a lot of old priest songs. They did some maidens. As long as it was cool. It was, it was yeah. a fun night out, yeah. Yeah, I used to like those guys, that, too. I, I, I stayed for that, but I didn't stay to watch <laughs> Skid Row last night. Because I've done that a few times recently, but that was okay. <laughs> yeah, it's still fortunate. I used to like those guys. Matt Fallon used to sing with them. I don't know if he was at the yeah. reunion or, or no, not. No, no, he wasn't. They tried to track Matt down, and they had no luck. Yeah. He's, in today's world, if you can't find somebody, they're really... Yeah, they're really gone. Going out, they're really gone. <laughs> yeah. if, they, if, if they're able to successfully hide in this day and age, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, but, uh, yeah. yeah. got to put him on a milk carton or something because, yeah, he was definitely yeah. missing in action. Absolutely. Uh, what are you going to do? Hey, you know what, Steve? I only got like what, five or six minutes left in the show, and I want to get on music from, from the new record. So right. I, I appreciate you calling in today, man. Anytime you want to call in, please just pick up the phone and dial in, and we can bullshit about everything. It's been a pleasure. It always is. And as soon as I got something new to get to, I will. I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you very much. And well, for sitting in the dark, I got the whole album. So I'm going to get on as many songs as I can before we close out today's show, man. But I appreciate it. That's awesome. Thanks, man. All right, Steve. Take care, buddy. It's good talking to you Take again. Care. You too, Thank bye. you. All right, Mr. Steve Michaels from Death Mask. Great band. I mean, I've been a fan of these guys from, like I said, back in the, you know, the day when they were Savage Choir. So uh, it's a long time ago. We got a brand new record. It's not brand new. It came out a little while ago, sitting in the dark, but they are working on a brand new EP. So that gives us some hope that we'll get something maybe next year or the year after that. So let me see what I can do for you right now. How about off the new record, Driving Blind? <laughs>
brand new Death Mask off the Sitting in the Dark record. Go and pick it up. Uh, you know what? I got about eight minutes left in the show. There's not enough time to get on another song uh, by the band that I wanted to get on. It's a little too long. So I'll get some other music on. But we'll keep playing Death Mask like we always do here on the show and all the bands. But I want to thank Brian Holland of Reverence for calling in today. I want to thank Steve Michaels from Death Mask for calling in today. I had a great time talking to those guys. Both of them, new record coming out, new record already out. Pick them up, support these bands, always buy the records, please. Go to these great labels that they put them out on and spend the $10 to pick up the album. It's well worth it. It's great to have a CD in your hand. And today, if you're an old school guy like myself, a lot of these uh, new CDs, I mean, a lot of this new music is coming out on vinyl, so you can even get the old vinyl in your hand. It doesn't get any better than that. And I want to remind everybody, this Thursday on the Metal Matinee at 1 o'clock, it's a 10 Deadly Plagues, so we're going to get all uh, songs that revolve around the 10 Deadly Plagues of Egypt because we are going into Easter week. And there won't be a show next Sunday because I'm taking it there from Easter, but there's a pre-recorded one that I did. I should say there won't be a, a, a live show next week. It's pre-recorded. Don't forget to tune in. Jack Blades of Night Ranger is my guest and Jeff Scott Soto of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'm going to do one more song. We're going to close things out after that. Let me see. I, I decided to play Avenger, the German Avenger. I haven't had them on the show in a long time, the music. So let me dig back into the second record. There's a song called South Cross Union.
Revenge of a South Cross Union. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank my guests. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Palm Sunday. I'll see you Thursday at the Middle Matinee at 1 o'clock. I'm going to close out with some Blitzkrieg. Winner take all. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.